0: Since 1987, the South Dakota Community Foundation has been bringing philanthropy to life for a stronger South Dakota by connecting generous people and charitable nonprofits in our state. This podcast features inspiring stories from donor, community, advisor, and nonprofit partners invested in creating an improved South Dakota for generations to come. Hello, my name is Ginger Neiman, and I am the Senior Program Officer of the South Dakota Community Foundation. In this episode, I had the opportunity to speak with Eric Bunke, Executive Director of Lost and Found, a suicide prevention organization based in Sioux Falls. Lost and Found facilitates proactive, data-driven public health approaches to suicide prevention for young adults ages 15 through 34. Lost and Found brings a decade of outreach, advocacy, and mental health referral programs in South Dakota through college-campus partnerships. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Eric. It's great to see you today.
1: Uh, Good to see you, Ginger.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. Eric, to start things off, please tell me a little bit about yourself and the role with Lost and Found.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ginger. So my name is Eric Maki. Um, I am originally from Korska, South Dakota, a proud Comet and Jaguar. Uh, my, my family um, is a sixth generation family. I'm a sixth generation from Douglas County, South Dakota. Um, so you could really say through and through um, South Dakota's home for me. Um, I'm a University of South Dakota graduate. Uh, go Yotes! Um, I ended up um, briefly living outside of the state, living in Minneapolis, pursuing um, graduate studies at the University of Minnesota, and am a recent returner back to South Dakota back in 2021. Um, All through much of that time, um, I have served as one of the leaders of Lost and Found. Um, I started out as a co-founder founding treasurer of the board back in 2010 um, as an 18 year old embarking on my journey from Corsica High School to the University of South Dakota. Um, And today after 13 years, I now serve as the CEO and executive director of Lost and Found. Um, What Lost and Found is, is the region's largest comprehensive suicide prevention and postvention services organization focused on youth and young adults ages 10 to 34 which is a lot of words for the average person to listen to and say, um, our organization is leading efforts to do more to prevent suicide uh, for our next generation in South Dakota and the surrounding region. Um, Our work covers, um, at this point, um, we've served almost 33, 34 communities in South Dakota. Um, Our work covers everything from Uh, peer mentorship programming um, and student programming, including um, our original program, which was campus chapters advocating for mental health and suicide prevention resources, um, all the way to uh, program evaluation services um, to providing community education and training on mental health and suicide prevention. And then as of recently, um, a service that provides support for suicide loss survivors called Survivors Joining for Hope, Um, And that program provides support and financial assistance to loss survivors. Um, It's also a place for us as an organization to be able to provide policies and resources to um, college campuses, as well as high schools on what's good practice for response to a suicide death and supporting those who are left behind. And so um, a lot of work in between, Um, there's a lot of work to cover in that type of space, but um, what makes... My work really fun for me is that Lost and Found is very uniquely a South Dakotan organization, and I know that that's really where my home and my heart is. And so it's really cool to be able to um, be a part of something that started when I was 18 years old and an audacious freshman at the University of South Dakota to um, being here, leading an organization with a really qualified and really uh, hardworking team.
0: That's great, Eric. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your life um, growing up in rural South Dakota and, and really the work that Lost and Found has done. Um, You know, although your organization is based out of Sioux Falls, Lost and Found has a statewide reach by partnering with these college campuses. What was a process like that to extend your reach across South Dakota?
1: Uh, very time consuming and daunting at times, but totally worth it. Um, our organization really kind of has its roots in different communities. And I try to share that with folks. You know, we're based in Sioux Falls, but the roots of the organization's founding is actually in Mitchell, South Dakota. Um, the founding president, DJ Smith, um, really took this on, or this, the idea for our nonprofit came from a high school senior project he took on through Family Career and Community Leaders of America. And so well, was essentially a facebook group to get folks around the country and around the globe to pay forward acts of kindness and um, share mental health resources turn into an idea on a bus ride home from chicago to say let's start a nonprofit." um and i <laughs> kind of laugh in hindsight now to say i don't know that we really knew what we were doing at the age of 18 to, to justify that um, but the start of being statewide kind of comes from the fact that our roots were not actually in Sioux Falls. Um, Our roots are in Mitchell. Um, Our founding board was encompassing um, 18-year-olds from Mitchell, from Plankington, South Dakota, Corsica, South Dakota, Winter, South Dakota, um, and almost all of us, all all but one, ended up at the University of South Dakota together. So the whole operation essentially picked up and moved to Vermilion, and in that process of... Deciding how, as an organization, we were going to do more to prevent suicide—that was kind of the tagline that we ran with at the time—was uh, that we knew that there was a need for campus-based programming, and so in order for us to um, live out our mission as a nonprofit, but then also be able to spread that mission, um, what it started off was was a model of student organizations, and the first one being, of course, the University of South Dakota in vermilion Um, But the second chapter starting at South Dakota State University, a third chapter starting at Dakota State University, and a lot of that growth or that outreach really came through student connections through friends. Uh, But then also, um, I I can't say enough about the fact that many of our leaders were also in student government at the time and engaged with other institutions statewide. And so it was kind of a natural, um, very organic way of things to grow. Um, we stayed in that three kind of community model for a while, but our, our organization took on the life of college students leaving school. And so, all the five of the five founders, um, we all tend to kind of part ways. I'm the only founder that remains today. Um, the majority either left the state or um, left the country. In the case of DJ, he joined the Peace Corps in Tanzania, as one does after college. And what turned out from that was sort of a need to say, Student organizations are maybe not part of our day-to-day as board members because we're no longer on campus. So how do we continue to do that work? Um, But then what else can be done? To do that statewide outreach, what we had to come to was a change of model, and that model change came in 2017. Um, Actually, when I left the state of South Dakota entirely, moved to Minneapolis for grad school, and my first course at the Humphrey School of Public Affairs was social entrepreneurship. And in that first semester, we had a chance to really take on sort of the, hey, how do we, how do we rethink this model? And when we did that, um, we came across some things that needed to change. For example, instead of talking solely about suicide, we talked about resilience because everybody has a lived experience with finding their resilience, finding mental health, something that would be a unifier. And the second piece of it was to looking at other programs that would sustain an organization as opposed to just looking at a program um, i like to say a program does not make an organization um, an organization is comprised of programs and so at that point in time we decided to change our model slightly um, change our language and look at places where that language might lead us to new partnerships and what that ultimately did was Um, and support from the South Dakota Community Foundation, uh, be able to do outreach to places like the University of Sioux Falls and Augustana and Dakota Wesleyan University, um, adding a few more places for us to locate. Uh, But that also offered us a chance and time to build partnerships where our programs were trusted and other communities statewide looked at them as a a viable solution. And so eventually we got calls into West River, South Dakota, specifically in Spearfish Rapid um, and, also looking then to Northeast South Dakota as well, the calls from Watertown and Aberdeen. And so um, as we continue to grow and our services change, for example, supporting suicide loss survivors, um, there's ways for us to touch just about any community in South Dakota now, Um, but really what it came back to was sort of that starting point of saying, here's what we're trying to do, here's what we care about. Um, As our organization evolved with the team that was there, um, we really had a chance to say, how do we unpack what are new viable alternatives to serve our community? And really, our organization's just done a really good job, in my opinion, of saying, what does the community need and how do we meet the need and, and continuously keeping that as part of our process to expand our reach.
0: You know, that's just fantastic. And what a courageous group of young individuals and, and the vision that you had um, to take it to where it is today. Um, and Eric, I know you and I have known each other for some time and I know it hasn't always been as easy for you and, and lost and found. Um, can you just talk a little bit about some of the biggest challenges you have been faced with the organization?
1: Yeah, I I think the, the big thing that's important for folks to know and understand is, you know, why, why does lost and found even exist in the first place? Um, and it comes back to the biggest challenge we face every day, which is that our state currently has um, some of the worst suicide rates that it's ever had and some of the worst suicide rates, frequently in the country, um, right? The latest data that we have as a state is that we rank the seventh highest suicide rate in the country per capita. Um, and in 2021, we reached a record level of suicide that we've never seen before. Um, 2022 is looking somewhat better, um, but even then, um, the numbers that are provisional or available at the moment um, at least at the time of this recording anyway, um, are still above previous records, and that's just not acceptable. Um, it's just not a problem that we as a state should really look at and say we can we can say we've ever done enough. Um, and that's something that we take to heart every day at our organization is what can we do more to to address this problem as us being part of a broader solution. Um, You know, I think the biggest challenge too, and I'll be really blunt about it is, is at times financial. And I think that's the biggest thing to talk about when it comes to nonprofit work is, um, you know, starting an organization is one thing um, to sustain it, make sure that it has impact and also make sure that you're treating your, your I guess, organization, like a living organism and a place where people are coming to work every day, you have to take care of people and not just the people that you're serving, but people that are inside your organization too. Um, you know, it's not always perfect. It's not always an easy thing to do, but um, it takes a lot of capital. It takes a lot of time. Um, and the the time, you know, time is money. Um, you really have to be mindful of that too. And so I know as far as challenges go, as with any kind of growing organization, trying to meet a need, You really try to be mindful of what, you know, the community supports you with financially. You try to be mindful of what models are sustainable. And I think as an organization, we've really had to strike a balance of what that looks like. And it's been really fortunate that we have really great grant partners like the South Dakota Community Foundation. Um, We also had to go through the challenge of figuring out what does that that funding look like at a, a state level or a federal level too. And in the past year, we really took our upon ourselves um, knowing that some of our federal dollars that were sort of passed through funds for the state were set to expire, as was, you know, much of the COVID money that's out there at this point in time. And so we led an effort to pass a bill that would appropriate those funds with the South Dakota legislature, House Bill 1079. And we were very fortunate that the legislature really agreed with that, and, and as did the governor, and we were able to move forward, um, that there was a need for these suicide prevention dollars. and. You know, I'm excited to see what the final result of that is at this point in time right now. We don't have that information. Um, You know, the bill in many ways, though, some folks might see it as the bill was passed for lost and found. It wasn't. Um, It wasn't our bill per se. Um, And so just like anybody else, we went through a process of applying for a public RFP with the South Dakota Department of Health where those dollars went to. Um, And so really we'll get to see kind of what that continuation plan looks like. But I think that's really we've been in a unique spot as far as our a typical nonprofit cycle where grants come and go. Sometimes you have to figure out what's the most um, creative way you can finance your organization and finance really important work while seeing the need. You know, the problem is not going away, not anytime soon. And having to consistently build that trust with the community to say, it's really important to fund this and support this and make sure that it's given the time and energy it needs, knowing that it's a, not a, Suicide is not attractable. Suicide is preventable, but at the scale that we're working at, it's a very challenging problem to try to address. And so, um, you know, it's a lot of words for me to say, Ginger. Um, it's just a challenging road to be a startup nonprofit, let alone actually funded to its full potential and impact. And I've been really lucky. We've done really well with it, but those are definitely big challenges we've had to, had to face. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You, you have, um, overcome a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges. And as a nonprofit um, organization, I don't think everybody really understands all the other work that's going on behind the scenes besides Mm -hmm. just um, those that they're serving and their mission. Um, There's a lot of other things that are happening. So thank you for sharing all of that with us today. Um, You know, over the years, we have partnered with Lost and Found as your organization grew and expanded. Uh, Lost and Found has been recipient of multiple grants through the South Dakota Community Foundation, but recently received a 100,000 Beyond Idea grant from the South Dakota Community Foundation. Um, Lost and Found's idea was to develop, launch, and fully integrate a mobile app to address mental health and suicide prevention programs in South Dakota. So, Eric, what kind of an impact do you think this grant will have on your organization?
1: Um, I don't mean to be too punny in this case, gender, but big, <laughs> um, a very, very big impact. Um, you know, I can't say enough, grat- you know, share enough gratitude for the support from the Community Foundation over the years. And this one in particular is really going to, I think, change the landscape of mental health and suicide prevention work, especially in college campus um, arenas in, in South Dakota. But I am thinking too what this will eventually mean for high school students statewide as well. You know what the what the Beyond Idea grant that you mentioned will do, Ginger, is help us to develop a mobile app um, over the past two and a half nearly three years. um, Our organization has implemented a program called peer-to-peer mentorship on college campuses in South Dakota. Um, It's kind of, you know, similar story to how we've grown in other places. It's really been kind of an organic process where we do outreach and we build partnership with communities that see that need. And this need particularly came out of COVID that folks um, were looking for a way to support counseling centers who were very much overwhelmed um, and provide a non-clinical option for students to I guess have a have a blended ear, uh, a conversation, a place to set goals and meet those goals, and so Lost and Found met that need through that peer to peer mentorship program, um, and over the past. Two and a half, three years, it's been incredibly successful. Um, we've seen students share outcomes that, you know, over 98% of students participating in the program met their goals. For the program um, over 80% are discovering um, increased resilience, mentors and mentees. Um, the outcomes and the stories of folks saying it's what kept them in school, it's what helped them navigate challenging relationships, navigate financial hardships. Um, all of those stories are really critical and beneficial at a time when, like I said, suicide's the leading cause of death for young adults in South Dakota and so when we think about what this grant will do um, it'll give us a chance to make that program accessible to students who are online or remote or in most cases rural um, students who might be for example attending Western Dakota Tech and they might be living in Phillip they might be living in you know Timber Lake Buffalo Um, they might be attending the University of South Dakota and they frankly might not even be in the state who knows Um, but the point being is that If you attend a state institution or attend an institution of higher in South Dakota, the goal is for us to be able to say, can you access a peer mentorship program that might be an option for you. Um, Not replacing any clinical services not replacing counseling services not replacing the needed psychiatry psychology social work professions that are needed to support those students, um, especially from a clinical perspective. Um, but really give campuses a tool to say, how do we take care of our people? And and as folks are getting care, how do they have a community that's continuously helping them meet their goals and continuing to live a resilient life? And so what this really means for the state is um, a program that's annually serving right now, probably about 150 students in total, peer mentor and mentee um, could re- reasonably get to a level, you know, two, three, four or five times that size. Um, we don't even know how large this might get just because of the the technology that this will provide. And so um, what I found important with this grant and with the many grants we've received from the South Dakota Community Foundation is um, it's always been focused on how can we continue to meet the needs of the community. And in this case, really scale that impact to a level that's really needed for our state. So um, can't really say enough um, how much of a part of the community foundation is. and advancing something that's really important for the state. So thanks, and thanks, Gender for you and your team for supporting this.
0: Eric, you're very welcome. Um, You know, what a fantastic resource for our students in South Dakota. Um, I'm so excited to see what this will do for our students in the state and to really be thinking differently about how to, to reach these students. So it's a fantastic program that you're gonna be unveiling here soon. So, Eric, I know um, you've also had some experience with applying for grants, and we've talked about that over the years here and there, Um, trying to guide you in in the best way as a senior program officer here and working with nonprofits across the state. I really try to give uh, nonprofit organizations um, the resources and the information they need to put forth a good application, but being one of those nonprofits that were, was a grant seeker, what is something you could share with other nonprofit organizations who are beginning that grant application process?
1: It's a good question, Ginger. And I think one that I wish I would have known sooner, of course, as does pretty much any nonprofit professional writing grants. Uh, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is, you know when you read a grant or you're looking um, to fund something, whatever that is, whether it's a grant or a donation or whatever that is, um, always start with understanding what your problem is, understanding what you're trying to solve for and try to be as specific with a solution that you're trying to, to, you know, build or, or implement or put into the world as you can. Um, And knowing that once you do that, it kind of kicks off a process. You're always going to continuously study and understand the problem, but you can only study and understand the problem through action. Um, And sometimes it's a challenge too, because at the end of the day, the the confidence you know, question I ask myself and frankly, I think a lot of other nonprofit professionals ask is, well, it feels like a bit of a chicken the egg issue. Where do I start? And you, you do have to start the problem. Um, there's really no way of short circuiting that process. I think from there, then it's really then about and asking understanding from the grant perspective. Um, have you asked questions? Um, have you tried to, in the best ways, make sure that you understand at the most basic level what does this grant mean and does it match what I actually am looking for? And sometimes you have to consider and massage that a little bit to say, okay, um, it might not be the perfect fit, but is it worth still looking at and still asking the question? And I think in, in general, most folks should. Um, I think it's good for them to, to ask that question. But, you know, I think what's been most beneficial for me, Ginger, frankly, has been getting to know you getting to know the staff. And that's true for really any foundation that I've probably ever worked with is is, the folks who know about the process or the folks who are the program officers, the folks that are are in it every day and talk about it and can give good guidance on like, hey, here's here's what the grant really means. Here's what the questions are. And no, um, they're not gonna write it for you. You still have to do that. Nonprofit professionals, you, you don't get to shirk that responsibility. But I think the point is um, you need to ask good questions about what the process looks like. And that's really how you go from I have this problem we're trying to solve. I have an idea for how to solve it or how to address it in some capacity. Um, How does this match a grant? And in some cases it can be focused on things like, and I I appreciate like the South Dakota Fund, for example. Um, It's a really great program to say, I have a very specific project with a time bounding that I want to achieve. Um, I have to go find matching dollars to do it, whether it's in my organization today or in some other form, um, that we know we can receive. How do we advance that, um, all the way to the beyond innovation grant where really thinking large scale, you know, what is the true innovative impact that I'm going to take on with this and how am I going to do it at a scale that, um, is connected to the community, the community needs it, the community wants it, um, and how do I make sure that I'm clearly articulating what it is it needs what needs to be done to operate that type of, of program or innovation? Um, I think also, too, um, you know, my last piece of advice for a nonprofit is really be thoughtful about hey, um, no, know, know the organizations you're working with, um, continuously build that partnership. You're gonna be told no, um, that's just part of the process and Yes, uh, I know I'm on the podcast, partially Ginger, because I know that we have received some support from the South Dakota Fusion Foundation. When I say some, I mean a lot. Um, But I also say that too, that we've gone through that process of receiving the no. We've gone through the process of asking ourselves, um, what do we need to change? Um, We've even gone through the process of asking ourselves like, hey. Um, we're early in a stage of an organization, you know, how will we continue to fund ourselves if we're not getting a yes in this situation? And what it always comes back to is ask questions and build a relationship, um, you never know when those relationships will will help you um and you frankly it's important to know that there are humans that you're working with too um, i think that's something that we sometimes forget about in that grant process it's not just writing an application on a screen it's you're working with a human that's reading this and trying to understand what you're doing and they're trying to help you and if you keep that mindset in the process it's a lot easier to write a grant
0: that's fantastic advice eric and um yes, we have given some feedback calls, um, to each other. I (laughs) provided that to you and it's, it's, it's great to see, um, organizations that take that feedback and then turn that into a successful application. So it's very important to, to not take no as an answer forever. So great, great advice, Eric. Thank Um, you. Yeah. So, um, it is evident, Eric, how committed you are to the work that Lost and Found does. Um, what do you love most about the work that you do?
1: There's a lot to love, honestly, gender. Um, I think it's the people that I get to work with every day. It's probably the, the biggest piece of it. Um, what the average person who may not know us might you know, miss in the process is that we're a team of really highly committed, highly... Uh, well-trained, experienced professionals who have um, the tools that are, are successful or that are needed to make a difference in this this fight against suicide. Um, to be a part of that kind of team is really special. Um, it doesn't just happen. Um, you really have to go find those people, and so we've done a good job of finding them. A good job of, of having them, you know, again pull a very similar direction. Um, but I think too, just to see that commitment from them too is really um that's really powerful for me to come to work every day and be a part of that um i think too frankly it's it's hard not to see the potential for impact and the the way that that's impacted lives the amount of students who've talked spoken to parents um teachers who have hope because lost and found exists is really palpable it's maybe not as easy to measure sometimes but one of the things that really keeps me going to say there's a there's a way to prevent suicide it is preventable um, if we're rowing in the same direction working together and that there's programs that are out there that are known to work and that's really what we try to focus on so I love that part of the work Um, I love getting a chance to do this work for South Dakota Um, I really can't say enough that South Dakota is home for me and so to be able to bring something to bear that could potentially be a real resource and a real help in fighting one of the biggest challenges facing our state's next generation is that's about as rewarding as it gets. Um, And so that's really what I love about my work.
0: Well, South Dakota is very fortunate to have you leading Lost and Found, Eric. And um, you guys are doing such important work in South Dakota to address mental health and moving the needle in suicide prevention. what do you hope to see lost and found um, in the future? How will you grow?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that we're really focused on at this exact moment is what is the, what is the continuation of support of peer mentorship in South Dakota? I think there's a really big opportunity, not just for college campuses, but also thinking to what that support might look like at a high school level, or frankly, even younger, depending. Um, and even maybe more importantly, folks who are not in school, um, at this moment, having an actua- access and option to peer support, knowing the the impact and the support that it can provide. Um, you know, our state is facing a mental health workforce shortage in all 66 counties as declared and, and noted by the Department of Health. And so having another care access option that's available to folks, especially at this point in time, uh, may be a really beneficial tool. And I, I really think Lost and Found will continue to embrace that. Um, I also think too. Another thing we're focusing on in partnership with the South Dakota Community Foundation is trying to build an endowment that will support suicide loss survivors' financial needs. Um, it's not something that you might think of as a typical process, or frankly, the average person doesn't think about what that that what happens after a suicide death. Um, somewhat probably because we don't want to, but sometimes it's something, it's uncomfortable to talk about the logistical details of how you navigate that grief process. And for many families in South Dakota, um, it's really challenging, um, not just to navigate the grief, but also to navigate the financial challenges that come with it, especially in low to moderate income families and communities. And so um, what we've done over the past year is we've deployed almost $30,000 in financial assistance, low to moderate income South Dakotans who recently experienced a loss. Um, That that assistance comes with the support of a community health worker who's helping them navigate um, the grief process, navigate finding resources, finding partners like our friends at the Helpline Center, um, folks out in Western South Dakota as well, um, and can make sure that, you know, after a month, after three months, after a year, um, that they're getting the help that they need. And so, really, what we're working on now with the South Dakota Community Foundation is the launch of a nonprofit savings account where we're trying to raise um, $80,000 to receive a $20,000 match from the South Dakota Community Foundation to get started. Um, and really, frankly, our goal is to see can we get to a million dollars in that fund so that annually there's at least 45, maybe more money in the future to um, provide that financial assistance and guarantee that a suicide loss survivor in our state will always have that care and that support. And so those are really the big things I'm looking for. But I think, frankly, Ginger, when it comes to the work that I know and found is growing into is we, we are seeing the needs um, in a broader scale within South Dakota, more folks asking for support at the high school level, uh, more support looking for in the workforce um, as far as training and data that we provide Um, but i know we get calls fairly regularly from just outside of our state's borders to to support families in minnesota north dakota iowa nebraska and so on and so i have a feeling in time you know lost and found may grow to those states obviously there's got to be partnerships and support to make that work possible in those states but even within south dakota i only see lost and found continuing to be uh, more of an ally and a resource um, to the state and I'm really grateful for the partners we do have in the state who are doing the work so we can, again, make peer support a a realistic option and make sure that suicide loss survivors are getting the care that they need.
0: That is just so true. You know, a lot of times um, we do focus on um, the individual who has passed on, and and we sometimes forget, you know, the survivors and and what they're going through and the grief that they're feeling. And so, we really do hope that this endowment um, and and what a great goal to have um, to get to that dollar amount of a million dollars, because just think of the families that you can reach with that with that amount of money. Um, We just wish you the best in that area, for sure. Um, So we're getting towards the end of our time here today. And I just want to ask you, you know, is there anything else you would like our listeners to know about maybe yourself or lost and found or your mission or grants in general? Just anything else you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, I think... One thing I'll just share, of course, I I always want folks to know that they have a resource in Lost and Found. And even if we're not the resource that you can be supported by, there are other ways for us to connect you to help. And so I always encourage folks to go to our website, uh, resilienttoday.org. Two Ts, if it looks weird, you got it. Um, You can always find us too on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Think through Instagram. I know that we have a couple other platforms that we're on as well. Um, As well as you can listen to our podcast, Great Minds with Lost and Found, uh, hosted by Joel Kaskin. And and that will give you a chance to kind of get a glimpse into Lost and Found and find ways to connect with us. We're always looking forward to connect with the community. Um, The only thing that I just leave folks with today, Ginger, is... um, Truly the message suicide is preventable. Um, We know that this problem is very large and very much impacting South Dakota, especially in parts of our state that tend to be more rural and isolated, um, including um, certainly our Native American reservations as well. And so when I think about the price, the process of how do we support statewide, um, any type of community, urban, rural, uh, tribal nations, um, variety of, of populations that are impacted. I think it's really important to keep in mind that there are organizations like Lost and Found that do exist, that do have um, skills to bring to bear, um, that have an evidence-based approach, which essentially just means that we are doing things that are known to work. that are ready to support your community. And so, really, all it takes is a call and a question, and we're there to, to be a support as much as we can. Um, and I know, too, like I said, there's a lot of partners doing this work together. So, give us a call if you can't do it. We'll, we'll get you to the right place. But um, don't hesitate to ask, and don't hesitate um, borrowing from our friends at Avera uh, to ask the question if somebody is considering suicide. So, let's do our best to do more and prevent suicide.
0: Oh, absolutely. What an important organization Lost and Found is. Uh, Thank you, Eric, for your time today, and thank you to Lost and Found for making a difference in South Dakota. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can partner with the South Dakota Community Foundation to bring your charitable goals to life, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or visit our website at www.sdcommunityfoundation.org.